Okay, I'm ready. Hey, you're listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. I am Bruce. I'm Chris. Nice. It's a welcome. Today we've got a uh, another heavy band on Season of Mist called Death White. Uh, I know you were just listening to him, Chris. How would you explain them? Um, it's kind of hard for me to explain them. I would kind of say modern rock mixed with doom metal. I I don't know if that's really a fair representation, but that's kind of the vibe I got when I was listening to it. Oh, and speaking of them, they're calling. Let me uh, let me get you oh. right back on line. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Great. So I'm in Richmond, then Chris is in uh, Northern Virginia, like right outside of DC. Oh, great. Very cool. Yeah. So yeah. we're not too far apart. Where are you I'm, located? I'm in Western PA. So some of us are spread out. Some of us are in Pittsburgh. Uh, some of us live outside of Pittsburgh, and we have a few guys who have moved uh, down south to Florida recently. Oh, wouldn't that be nice right now this time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously. With um, everybody so far apart, do you have a uh, difficulty writing and keeping things up with the band? Sometimes we do a lot of stuff via trading files and the internet, which is really the way a lot of bands do it these days. So we're sure. not really that unique with that regard. But we've always been primarily a studio band anyway, and we're used to working spread out and not with each other all the time anyway two of us are here in in this area anyway which which is how we get a lot of the work done and so when the songs come along they're typically shared with the rest of the band and then when the time comes to record or rehearse then everyone gets together so you make it work i you really have to think about how it used to be for bands way back when before the internet if they were spread apart it was probably very difficult to get work done but these days it's 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 fairly simple thing to get done nice all right, so you guys are on the eve here, pretty much, of the release of Grave Image. Um, now that it's about to be released, how do you feel about it, and are you uh, excited for the outcome? Yeah, it is exciting. Anytime you release an album, it's exciting. This is our second one with Season of Mist, who have treated us really well, and we're we're just very... I don't know how the best word to put it is. Yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about it. We're, we're very honored to to be putting albums out. I mean, this band, Death White started as really just a very basic studio project in someone's house that was going to be nothing more than two guys recording with a drum program, and that was it, basically. And now to come to this, to be on a great label like Season of Mist and have our music distributed all over the world is, is all we could ever ask for. And there was a lot of work that went into Grave Image. It probably took us a good 18 months to pull the whole thing together. And so to finally have it coming out next week is, is really great. So the whole ramp up to the whole thing, it's, it's nice when you get feedback from people, especially those who have reviewed the album or those who have been kind enough like you guys to interview us. It's, it's always great to get that feedback on your album, whether it's good or bad. It's, it's always nice to hear it either way. And so the ramp up to the whole thing is very exciting and it, it'll be nice to have it in the hands of those who are, are kind enough to listen to us. Do you find it unnerving a little bit as well, knowing that it's going to be out and the world is listening to it after it's been, you know, your baby for 18 months? Some somewhat. Yeah. But that's the reason if you don't want to, if you don't want to be a musician on this level, if you want to put it that way, then don't, you can just not release it. Right. So right. That's it's exciting and it is un, unnerving too to some to some degree, but it's probably it's probably more exciting. It's it's nice to hear what people think and it's 
nice to see how it's received and it's always good even when you do get some negative reviews or, or people don't react the way you want it's always interesting to read as well everyone's deserving their own opinion and so right. it's more it's more excitement than anything else and definitely not everybody gets it. i mean not not everybody that uh, listens to our show realizes it's the best podcast on the air yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like how could they not how could they not know this we right. talk I mean, we're always so politically correct on this show that's the thing that people love about us um, right. I was just listening to Plague of Virtue. So to be honest, I've never heard of you guys before. So Bruce sent me uh, this track over and I started listening to it and he goes, well, how would you describe it? And I was like, you know, I, it kind of seems like doom metal, but it's not doom metal. It has this doomy feel to it, but you kind of go in your own direction with, with a similar feel. Was that a was that an intended, um, like well thought out? This is what we're gonna do, or was it just kind of an organic thing that happened? Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Doom because if you think about Doom, there are many many variations of Doom. Right? There is like Sabbath Doom and Saint right. Vitus Doom, and then you go all the way over to a band like Yob, and it's their style yep. of Doom. And then you have Paul Bear who are Doom, and they're different than all those bands too. And then if mm-hmm. you go across the the pond, if you will, to the UK. You have Paradise Lost and My Dying Bride. They're yeah. they're doomy for sure. Yeah. And then uh, the band were primarily influenced by Catatonia when they first started. They were very doom. That's and one of my favorite they, bands. They, yeah, that is uh, at least amongst uh, at least three or four of us in the band. I actually I'd say all of us. They're they're one of our favorites. But the the doom sound is a very hard thing to to tag these days because there's so many variations of it and people get very defensive about it and so we've just always called ourselves dark metal which is mm-hmm. maybe a better catch-all than than doom here because with doom if you could probably slow things down and play like 115 bpms and have these real lurching riffs and we don't necessarily do that our tempos are probably a little bit quicker than that our songs are slow up but they're not they're not that slow but right. there are some doom elements in our sound so yeah you're you're we're probably doom adjacent maybe the best way to put it yeah and uh, for the most part, we do stick with the, the dark metal thing, but there are some definitely doom elements in there. But doom is such a broad it's such a broad term. It's not like we're a power metal band. When you hear a power metal band, you know what what you're getting from. Oh yeah, absolutely. But with doom in this modern age, because so many bands have done so many great things with the sound, it's it's very hard to describe. So you're you're definitely not at fault for saying eh, it's doom, but not not totally doom. Yeah, we we definitely get that. Yeah, well, you know, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of a newish metalhead. So genres for me, you know, like if somebody says black metal, I kind of get it, you know, but I'm not I'm not that well versed in the genre. I'm just I just love metal, if that makes yeah. any sense. So that, yeah, that's if it only were that easy, right? There's yeah. since metal's been around since '69 or '70, it is it has blossomed into this thing that now, I mean, all the the genre tags have really come from journalists, not necessarily the bands. Bands will probably just tell you they want to be called metal and nothing else. Right. Whereas journalists, probably in their need to better describe things to their audience, have come up with all these terms, and it has really gotten out of control, for lack of a better term. Oh yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the documentary The History of Heavy Metal. Who yeah, did that? Yeah. Who did that again, Bruce? It was uh was it Sam Dunn? Sam Dunn. Dunn brothers, yeah. yeah. That 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 film is really 
that film and 70,000 Tons of Metal converted me into a metalhead. Oh, nice. And um, after watching that film, I was like, oh my God, that is amazing. I never looked at it like this before, you know? And then I ended up going on 70,000 Tons of Metal and it was just a life-changing event. Suddenly, I don't... That's all I listen to anymore. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. looking at... Uh... I mean, listening to your stuff and then looking at your, you know, your information online, you guys are sort of, and you called yourself a dark metal band. Is there a message or a takeaway you you want your fans to walk away with after listening to uh, a Death White record? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I would say our a lot of the subject matter we have is is dark, but there's always some sort of silver lining with the the music and lyrics, especially the lyrics. Especially, especially on the new album, the, the last album we did for Black Tomorrow, which came out two years ago, around this time was uh, probably a bit more "woe is me" mm-hmm. in quotation marks, whereas this one's a little bit more observational and external facing. And so, yeah, a lot of our subject matter probably is a little darker and more observant as to what's going on in the world right now. And you can't help but flip on the news and start scratching your head at what's happening, and you're right. you're filled with anger and you get depressed about it and that's sort of what made up all the lyrics for the album just everything that's been happening the last three or four years has helped us has inspired us to write an album like this but through it all there's there's always some sort of underlying message positive message through it all i mean the the will to endure and and things like that so it's not all doom and gloom it might be the the best way to put it or doom adjacent and gloom there we go doom adjacent and gloom yes yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> dark metal with a bright cloud with silver lining there you go <laughs> so along those we same just created lines, a new metal genre yes you yeah. created a new genre yes good job <laughs> along those same lines and then i'll let chris take over for a minute i don't want to hog the mic but because uh you know the metal i mean the message is there and you know like you said it's in the front of everyone's minds do you receive any kind of like uh messages how it has affected people or touched them or they've connected to it or anything like that yeah we have it's interesting because when the band first started we were going to stay off of facebook because we we tend to keep our personal information out of out of the band and just let the music do it for us but we were eventually cajoled into having a facebook page and shortly thereafter we started receiving just a few messages of people saying uh, the our death whites music has been helpful to them in dark times and we've we've helped them through some bad stretches in their lives which is which is great to hear you know they they say they're not, glad to know they're not the only ones feeling this way and you know you can apply that to a lot of music too sure. of course you know it's always you can always identify yourself with something like that so yeah we have gotten several people say those things to us and that's really the ultimate reward right i mean it's it's nice to be recognized and have people care about your music in that way shape or form so i mean we do it for selfish reasons that we enjoy playing this music and we enjoy spending time with one another but the proverbial icing on the cake is is when someone is is into it and has affected them on such a level you can't you really can't ask for more than that right when they really get what you were going for yeah exactly chris so what's one of your shows like so we've only done one show so far actually so when we started in 2012 we were going to be just a strictly a studio band and we played a show 
in September of 2018, I want to say, in Pittsburgh, which is where a lot of us were based at the time. And it went, it went really well. You know, we a lot of our stuff was written just for the studio in mind. So rehearsing it and getting a set together was actually very difficult to do. Because when you write music just for the studio, you're not thinking about playing it live. Yeah. Of course, then when you flip it around, there are a lot of bands who write music with a live environment in mind, which makes it much easier to pull off. But we managed. It was it was good. We we played with another Pittsburgh band, and they are a doom band, too. They're called Argus, and they they are great, great friends of ours, so it was a lot of fun to play with them. But um, yeah, it went it went really well. We had we had a good time doing. It. We put a lot of work into it, so uh, you know we did it sort of backwards, right? Because most bands start out playing shows and then they record. Well, we recorded first, then we played shows, yeah. a show <laughs> rather. So we we did it backwards. So we are now talking about doing more shows. We're we're very selective. We've been offered a lot of things, but it has to be worthwhile. And with everyone's geographic locale being taken into consideration, it has to be something that we can fit in logistically with what everyone has going on. And just needs to make sense. So we will we will definitely be pursuing more live shows once Grave Grave Image comes out soon. Nice, nice. Bruce. Um, yeah. So getting back to the the writing process, I know you guys said you're you're emailing things back and forth, but um, damn, I just lost my train of thought. Stay with me one sec. <laughs> And I just totally lost. Chris, help me out here. Jump in. <laughs> I don't even know where so you're going with this. So you're asking about the, the, um, the writing process for Grave Image? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I know what he's going to ask, but I like making fun of him and making him uncomfortable. because he because I just totally lost my train of Because he does somehow. it to me all the time. Whenever I screw up, he's like, yeah, yeah. And now he's like... He's now like, listen. Oh, no. So I just let him flail out there. Now, just listen, a little bit. We've been in this, we've been in this conversation for about fifteen minutes now, and you know me a lot better than that. I would never do that to Chris. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I dare I dare you to listen to our podcast and find out. Um, so during the writing process, you say you guys are all kind of just exchanging files over the internet, which is an unbelievable thing that technology has brought about. So just from a gearhead point of view, um, what kind of interfaces are you guys using? What software are you using? Um, I, I Not only am I an audio engineer, but I own a virtual instrument company. So these are things that I'm always interested in. Yeah, one of us is a really, really very much into gear. It's not me. Uh, one of our other guitar players is, is really into gear and interfaces and setup. And I think he uses Reaper, which is a free application yeah. that you can use but you could you could pay for the license though too and it's very intuitive and, and the license it has is a lot cheap of plug-in yeah the license is something like 60 dollars or something you could pay for various tiers from what i recall but he is really the guy that that takes the ball and runs with the whole demo process so he he really manages that whole thing through reaper but you know, because we don't have a, an actual live drummer with us, we use things like Easy Drummer and MIDI files to prepare the drums. And then, you know, for the actual drumming of the album itself, our real human drummer is free to do as he wishes for that. But yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do with technology. I mean, all the keyboards that that are on the album were performed by him too. And so, you know, you can you can do a lot of pre-production work with just some MIDI files and turning them around and making the keyboard patches out of that. So we did a lot of work through that but yeah it really wasn't anything that fancy with all that the, the demos that we 
created for Crave Image ended up sounding very good, actually. So it was nice to share those with the label ahead of time to let them know we were on the right track. And uh, if worse ever came to worse, we could we could probably do an album this way. It would not be the preferred route. We, we likely never would. But, you know, as you guys said, with the advances in technology, it's just amazing what you can do with these interfaces and uh, a good computer program and someone who knows what they're doing. And thankfully, we have someone in Death White who is who is very good at this. Yeah, you know, it really does, at this point in time, take someone that knows what they're doing. But, um, you know, artificial intelligence is definitely coming to the uh, the production realm, I guess you could call it, or the recording realm. And it's, and it's coming pretty quickly. What's your thought about AI making recording easier uh, for musicians just in general? You know, AI will make it probably more intuitive, right? It will, it will guide you down the right path, but at the same time, it may replace a lot of what musicians actually do. The, the complaint is, I think I just read an interview with, with Kirk Hammett saying that he's tired of looking and seeing instruments on stage, just pressing a button and have everything do that for him. And maybe that's the route we're heading at some point. You just press a button and you have a riff and you have a drum beat and you have a bass line and you have vocals. You could do it all that. So that that may be the way we are heading now. And it's it's possible that we we may eventually see like an all virtual band that's created out of those things. And they're trying to pull a fast one on people. <laughs> that uh, they're posing as a real band. You don't. You don't know. I mean, there's always rumors floating about about which bands are really playing their stuff and aren't. And that's that's definitely what with technology and artificial intelligence and all these things are. Are you know machine learning and those type of things that really really makes things very easy or probably t- too easy for bands in this Man. day and age. You almost lose the you lose the human element of it all. I'm not sure that that in the end is is a good thing to lose all that because I think you still need that organic connection i mean even if you're you know sending riffs back and forth and doing that sort of thing i think live you still want to be able to see that connection yeah. and feel it because it's a living breathing thing in the end at the end of the day right yeah we did we did all of that and then the leading up to recording of the album we spent a good three or four days together rehearsing as a band getting the album together so the the songs for grave image were all rehearsed in a room so we we still very much kept true to that element right that's very that cool. Sense. No, I, I just I asked that question because I see the advent of things like Lander. I do you, are you familiar with Lander? No, I, I haven't heard of Lander, no. Okay, so Lander is an artificial intelligence program that learns through machine learning about mastering music. Mm-hmm. And when it first started, I tried it. I was like, oh, this is terrible. It didn't really work. But now I use it like all the time. I don't even hire mastering engineers anymore. I, I don't even master myself anymore because... Lander basically does what I would do, and it does it way faster. Incredible. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing what they can come up with. Yeah, like I just take my mix, I throw it on Lander, and three minutes later, I'm it's done, I'm ready to go. Mastered. Be- yeah, because the, incredible. Because the computer knows it, it listens to the mix, it can identify the genre, how it should sound. Uh, it's just, I was just like, oh my God, this is this is crazy. Yeah, but I, I... Where we are. But it saves me so much time in the creative process, you know, because I, I can spend my time mixing or writing and right. you don't have to spend the money on the mat. Like, it's just, a, it's a totally, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it other than the fact that I use it. And it, Yeah, it, but that's, you're putting a whole nother group of people, highly skilled people out of business again. Y- yeah, it's so confusing to me. 
yeah. you know, it, it really confuses me how artificial intelligence is like, it's definitely coming. So how is it going to affect music? And I, maybe this conversation has gone off the rails. But... <laughs> Sorry, man. We always go off the rails on some tangent. Yeah. But it's just something I've been thinking about. I also had a demo from a company, which I can't talk about, which demoed me some software. And what the, what it could do was mind-blowing. I wish I could tell everyone what it was, but I can't, so it'll remain a secret. But yeah, DJs secret. will be in heaven beyond belief when they when they get this artificial intelligence, you know, on their computer. It's, right. I'm not a DJ at all, and I couldn't be brought to a DJ show unless it was Bruce's son doing it. So, right. <laughs> Anyways, Bruce, so, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, let's let's try and bring this back to Death White because I think that's why we were here. I don't think we were just here to the babble again. But so, if fans want to get a hold of Death White or they want to find you online, are you guys pretty uh, active social media wise? We just have a, as discussed, we just have a Facebook page. It's really the only thing we do. We have an official website, but everything else we do not have, like a Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. So. We could be easily be found via Facebook, which is really the only, which is probably as far as we will go on social media. Okay, and there, there they can find videos and that kind of stuff and, and yeah. tunes and what. Absolutely, awesome, and maybe hopefully some announcements down the road that you're taking some of this on the road or on some yeah. shows. Yeah, that should be on there. Absolutely. Cool, Chris. You got anything else? I don't, man. Thank you for uh, putting up with us today. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you taking time as well. Good luck with the uh, release. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side, man. Be well. Sounds good. Take right, care. Thanks. Right Bye. All right. What is up? It is Pathos back again with another pick of the day right here on the Brutally Delicious Podcast. What I bring you today hails from the cold, icy lands of Finland. And those dudes are tough up there. I will tell you that. Napalm Records' own Wolfheart with their song Hail of Steel off their forthcoming album Wolves of Karelia out April 10th. If you're a history buff, you're going to like this song. This track echoes the history of the Finnish war against the Soviet Union when they were outnumbered and outgunned and they took them down. As to almost their lead singer really says, those Finns really saw steel and fire raining from the sky. And that's what this song embodies. Every Wolfheart song, if you know their discography, every song is an adventure. Every song is a story. You get lost in their melodies. The way that they write their songs is the perfect blend, in my opinion, of death metal, melodic death metal, black metal, extreme metal, anything folk metal, anything you can think of, throw it all together, and it's almost like the perfect blend that a lot of Finnish bands have found out how to do. Finland really anymore is kind of the epicenter and the, the new wave of up-and-coming bands, especially for us Americans that we may have not heard. We look to Finland and we see so many good things coming out of there. You're going to want to look at the video for this song. There's fire, there's special effects. It is a very cool visual experience. It's on their Facebook page, it's on YouTube, so make sure you check that out. Also something very exciting, they have an Indiegogo campaign going on for a virtual concert on the 9th of April 2020. You can purchase a ticket and you'll get the downloaded HD video and audio and all kinds of little extra perks. 
like every other band in the music industry right now, everybody's been affected by this virus and the shutting down of basically the entire world. Please consider going and buying that ticket. I personally did. I'm at number 18 on the list, so that's pretty cool. I look forward to it very much. Buy some merchandise. Give them a like. Give them a share. Watch their videos. Support Napalm Records because them guys put out awesome stuff. I will tell you that right now. Everything is amazing. And until next time, this is Pathos with another pick of the day on the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.